What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, August 3rd, and this is the de facto Carson Wentz emergency foot surgery podcast. Carson Wentz, not relevant enough to actually warrant a emergency podcast, so we're just going to wrap it into today's podcast as we talk with John Breach, who, as you can see, is wearing a Bud Light shirt. That's because today's episode is of the Pick 6 Podcast is sponsored and presented by Bud Light. Share a Bud Light with us as you listen along, and you can do so. Go to BudLight.com slash delivery, and you will get a bunch of options to have delicious, crisp, yummy Bud Light delivered to your house. Again, BudLight.com slash delivery. Get yourself some beer. Drink it with us as you listen to the pod. Breach, what's up, buddy? Brenton just buried the lead, and you know what the lead should have been today? It's Tom Brady's birthday. Happy birthday, Tom. He's not going to send, you're not going to get a Christmas card from the Brady family. You just totally snubbed him. We see what he does in practice when he gets angry. He cusses out his teammates. He's going to cuss at you. But Tom Brady's 44 now. He is older than Wilson. No, he's not. Uh, That's a joke. Wilson's still older, uh, but he is older than both of us. Thankfully. yeah, that's how that works. You stay this, you know, if you're older than somebody when you're 20, you're older than somebody when you're 44. Uh, that's dumb. Uh, I weird how weird how life works like that. Feels a little empty without Wilson here, right? Um, would you any uh, any any words, shaming or otherwise, for uh, Mr. Wilson on his preseason vacation? Well, since he's not here, I'm assuming he is at the tattoo parlor getting his Ryan Finley tattoo done. That is my words of wisdom. Prediction, I shaming, something. I be Googling Syracuse tattoo parlors, but here we are. That's what, what happens. You, did you find out what the name of the tattoo parlor was? Um, I did. See if you can get it off of uh, the Oculus Tattoo Lounge. Carmel. No. Uh, if you told me the name, I would remember it. I think it was called Timeless Tattoo. Free, free shout out to Timeless Tattoo. <laughs> Timeless Tattoo. Let's see. Let's Anyone see. from Timeless Tattoo is listening. Our boy Ryan Wilson lives in your neighborhood. He needs a tattoo. That is correct. It is uh it is timeless tattoo because I've clicked that that link. It shows up as purple in my <laughs> Google history. Um should should with Wilson how long is Wilson gonna be gone? Should we call this tattoo parlor right now? <laughs> see what happens? Should we? You know, I, I feel like I know what would happen. I'm I'm not for or against it. Uh uh Devo. What uh, I kind of want to call this tattoo parlor and ask ask what the deal is. Or should we save that for like a Friday mailbag? Let's do that later this week. We'll build some suspense. Okay, that's what we're gonna do. Uh, Wilson won't be listening to this podcast because just trust me, he won't. Um, so we're gonna call later this week. We will call the podcast uh, "Timeless Tattoo" uh, podcast. Uh, Timeless Tattoo, excuse me, tattoo parlor in Syracuse, and find out the details about. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to Kyle there. He's the owner of timeless tattoo and piercing. And, um, I'm looking up a a story about him and, uh, and we will, we will inquire as to whether or not Wilson is, uh, whether or not breach is able to provide our own artwork or whether he will design one for us, how much said tattoo will cost. And we will get the ball rolling on this so that Wilson does get that tattoo done before the regular season, because, and, and by the way, we should also probably wait till Friday or later in the week just to confirm that we can call uh, a tattoo parlor from a recorded 
<laughs> like like a live recording and, and wilson's gonna have to take another vacation to get this tattoo done he's, he's out well i mean my main concern is that you know like north carolina is a two-party consent state when it comes to recording so you know i don't feel like going to jail over calling timeless tattoo we need to talk to the corporate lawyers before we don't want to get brenton fired because he's trying to call a tattoo parlor that's exactly right breach all right so let's get to the news of the day on monday the colts uh, decided to reverse course and announced that carson wentz will undergo foot surgery the surgery is going to take place on monday afternoon a timetable or took place on monday afternoon excuse me you're listening on uh, tuesday so in other words and, and last week we found out that carson wentz was injured and when that happened and by the way for people who want to bet on nfl futures i didn't get any colt stuff down because i was uh, i think i was out on the golf course with my dad when the when the carson wentz news broke but if you're interested, like if you're betting on the NFL and you know, we were kind of bearish on the Colts anyway, I would have liked to have gotten some Colts under uh, nine and a half wins. It's probably going to come back up at like seven or something like that. Depending, it's going to wait. And, we'll have to wait and see how long Carson Wentz is going to be out. Uh, I do have the Titans to win the division. I took that before the Julio trade. I've talked about that at length um, on this podcast. And in fact, we had a ice cold take presented by Bud Light last week where Carson Wentz, um, you know, we said, I said Carson Wentz wouldn't be that good. That, that take. I feel bad now because that take sounds like I'm being a jerk. Um, but when news like that breaks, if you are in, if you already have a, you need to be prepared to bet on something like that when news like that breaks because you can get a great price on certain things. I mentioned I got a great price on the Packers when Aaron Rodgers returned. This Wentz was a real opportunity to jump on Colts unders, Titans to make the playoffs, Colts to miss the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but breach five to twelve weeks for Carson Wentz. What is he a Time Warner? Uh, installation guy five to 12 weeks from Frank Reich. That's a pretty wide gap. That is a humongous gap. I mean, I, I don't even know that you know, usually it's four to six weeks, six to eight weeks. None of this five to 12 weeks because you look at the calendar when he got that surgery Monday, five weeks from Monday is before week one. You, you don't miss any games. Maybe he's back for practice that week. Maybe they say, you know what, we're going to get him acclimated. You miss week one, but you're back for the rest of the regular season. If you miss 12 weeks, you are out seven games, possibly more, uh, because once you're out those seven games, you get to that eighth game. It's on Halloween against the Titans. But the problem with coming back that week is that the game after that, week nine, is a Thursday nighter. So you're talking about him coming off a foot injury, then have to play two games in five days. Uh, that's not ideal. So this is literally, I, I would think, the worst case scenario. And I don't think there's any possible way you can throw this clip in my face uh, if it happens, but I don't think there's any possible way he's back in five weeks because what you can't have is him coming back early, re-injuring the foot, aggravating the injury, whatever you want to call it. And then he's out even longer. So you have to play it safe because this isn't like a, a pinky injury where you can tape it up. He's going to be on his feet every single play. There's no getting around it. There's nothing, you know, if your left elbow is sore and you're a quarterback and you throw it with your right hand, you play through it, but if your foot is messed up, th that is a big part of your game, especially someone like Carson Wentz who loves to run around and make things happen. So uh, this is, uh, you know, I was, I, th I was thinking about betting the Colts to win the AFC championship to get to the Super Bowl, And now I'm off the Wentz wagon. I, the, the, I'm, I'm a little afraid of the Wentz wagon. It's popped a wheel. It, you know, this is like 1800s. You don't have the, what you need to repair that wheel. And I am a little worried about the Colts right now because I'm not sure who you go out and get. If you, if you stay on the winch wagon at this point, you might, you're just going to die of dysentery. Uh, that's what, yes. You know, like the, that's an Oregon trail reference for the, for the youths 
who who won't who won't pick up on that. Uh, Jay Glazer pointed out on Twitter uh, after the after the announcement from Frank Reich, he said, "I know five to twelve weeks." Jay Glazer, Fox Sports, of course, for Carson Wentz to return is quite a window, but that's because it fully depends on how fast the foot responds to surgery. They will reevaluate in two weeks to get a better gauge. That's kind of interesting to me. So we're talking. Um, let's see if we, again, we record this on Monday. So you're thinking Monday, August 16th is the rough time frame for when we'll know the full time frame for Carson Wentz. In other words, they're going to do the surgery. And I pointed out to, uh, I don't know if I put this out publicly or not, you know, for years, uh, Dr. James Andrews was synonymous with, uh, torn ACLs. Or Tommy, you know, like you go see Dr. James Andrews, you're getting a knee injury confirmed. Like you're going to have surgery on your torn ACL if you go to see him. Dr. Robert Anderson, he's the foot version of Dr. James Andrews. If you go see Dr. Robert Anderson for a foot evaluation, something bad has happened because he's the best foot doctor there is. Uh, used to be the Panthers old uh, medical doctor as well. I, what was really surprising. And, and not to be mixed up with Robbie Anderson. The Panthers, right, right. Or maybe he is the doctor. What if he's got. Who's, Side job. Who's Sir Purr? What's up? What's that bear, what's that bear doing? Uh, the uh, I might need to get that. Uh, I might need to um, uh, might need to uh, get that sound clip of Robbie Anderson asking about what's that, what's that bear up to? That's Sir Purr. Uh, anyway, the other bizarre thing about the Carson Wentz injury, it was announced by Frank Reich that he's had this foot injury. Since high school, or like maybe since high school, say probably since high school, and he had a foot injury, and the bone of the foot has just it just came loose and it's just bouncing around in his foot, and then they're just going to get rid of the bone. I, that doesn't sound as cut and dry as they're sort of making it. Breach like it's what do you mean? You had this foot injury since high school. Why haven't you fixed it before now? And what do you mean you're just going to, like, we just got a bone that's bouncing around his foot and we'll figure it out later. Like, what, what is happening here? Yeah, I'm not a foot doctor. Is that a, pod a podiatrist? Is that what they are? I'm not sure. But yeah. th that was, that, like, raised a red flag because you're literally taking out, like, 4% of the bones in his foot. There's only 26 bones in your foot, Brinson, and they're taking one out. And also, if this was an injury that was already there and he just kind of aggravated it and, and the and the bone came loose or whatever the wording was uh you know like did did his high school not know about it did north dakota state not know about it did the eagles not know about it or did, did all these people know about it and he just said i can play through it because it's not bothering me or is it something that never bothered him a single time and then all of a sudden this bone came loose it's just a really really weird situation that uh, you know uh, an injury you suffered in high school doesn't bother you for uh, 10 years and then all of a sudden on the eve of you know you're supposed to be a superstar for the Colts this year they just made a huge trade for you and now you might be out 12 weeks because your foot is falling apart yeah it's it and look the reason that the Colts traded for Carson Wentz Chris Ballard's talked about this I believe he's uh, mentioned it on I mean you know, he's talking about it openly but I think he specifically said it on uh on Robert May's uh, podcast the athletic football podcast but he said you know it was Frank Reich's comfort level, his knowledge, his experience working with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia is what got Ballard comfortable with making the trade uh, to, to bring him over to Indianapolis. Well, I mean, did you know you have to ask the question like, did Frank Reich know about this injury before? It's because if it predates North Dakota State, 
and he worked with him closely. And, you know, you would think that they would have been aware of that, right? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to say, except, you know, you could have an injury where uh, you eat cupcakes all the time. Your cholesterol is building up and they say, you know, a heart, it's a heart attack waiting to happen if you keep eating like that. And but you don't know it. You can't feel it until it actually happens. And maybe that was the situation with Carson Wentz and his foot where he had this. Maybe a Dr. Torben high school. Hey, look, you can play on this. You're going to be fine until the foot gives out. And he just never thought about it because he was fine. And then the foot gave out. But like you're saying, Frank Reich has coached him before. So if anybody would have known that this injury existed, it's him. Uh, You know, did, did the Colts training staff know you have to pass a physical to get a trade done? And so, you know, did Carson Wentz tell them, hey, look, I have this foot thing. Maybe you guys should do a, an x-ray before this this trade gets signed off on. So there's just a, it raises a lot of questions is what it does. It raises a ton of questions. And, and, you know, again, he suffered the, you know, he, he, he suffered the actual full injury at Colts training camp. So it's, uh, but, you know, it's not like it, it happened and he just, they just missed the injury. But it, it seems like you're saying it was an injury that was sort of waiting to happen. And if it's, you know, if you're sitting out there, I don't know. That's just something that you think would have been uh, discussed at greater length. So the sports line simulations, this is really shocking. Uh, Stephen O and company busted out some Sims for the Indianapolis Colts with wins healthy. They have them projected 10.2 wins. And win the division 49.7% of the time, make the playoffs 73.8% of the time. Win the Super Bowl seven percent of the time, which is frankly quite shocking. Uh, with Wentz out for six games, that's just what he's going to go with. They only have him. The projections have him winning nine point eight games. What? That's only a difference of point four games if Wentz misses six games, which is a ton. Does have him dropping down to forty two point five percent. That's a seven percent drop to win the division. Uh, dropping down to sixty six percent. That's an almost an eight percent drop to make the playoffs. And so, this this is the craziest one. Only five. Only a drop of one point six percent to win the Super Bowl. Basically, the simulations uh, believe that the Colts' defense and the Colts' run game will help them get through will help them win enough games that Carson Wentz effectively doesn't matter that much. That's pretty surprising, right? And it's believed that they're going to go with Jacob Eason as the uh, the starter. The job is Jacob's right now, Frank Reich said, and he's got to earn it, but he's in the driver's seat. Yeah, I think if you're Frank Reich, you have to say that because he's the only competent quarterback in your roster right now that can be viewed as a starter. And also, if you go to that press conference and you say, uh, yeah, Jacob's not our starter, and we are desperate for a quarterback right now. Every other team that has a quarterback they can trade you is going to jack up their price uh, by two first-round picks. You know, if you're Frank Reich and you're calling and saying, hey, uh, 49ers, you want to trade Jimmy Garoppolo? And 49ers are like, dude, we just heard your press conference. You said you're desperate for a quarterback. Three first-round picks. But if you have the starter in hand, that gives you a little bit of leverage in trade talks. I mean, so that you're not going to get gouged here. Uh, but if they want to go out and get a veteran, it's going to be costly. And the one thing about this uh, about Stephen O's projection that I think is interesting is, you know, you look at six games, it's a 0.4 difference. That's basically saying the Colts might lose one more game over the first six weeks than they would uh, uh, versus Carson Wentz versus having him versus not having him. And man, you look at those, their first two games are against the Seahawks and Rams. If they have Carson Wentz, 
maybe they can win those two games. If they have Jacob Eason, I think that's 0-2. You know, like, it, 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 I think it totally changes. And it's two home games. Right. And then they go on the road for three straight games, a three-game road trip against teams that all won 10 or more games last year. Yeah, it's uh, – they have – so, sorry, I scrolled up the preseason. They have Seahawks at home week one. I mean, you know, if you could beat Seattle, I suppose, if your defensive run game is good. But, you know, Russell Wilson's going to get his against, you know, against them at some point. I I think, you know, the Colts were slight favorites before. Now are actually uh, obviously home dogs. If you can find a game anywhere, so you should bet on Seattle. I think if it's a, if it's, you know, close to a pick or anything remotely there, the Rams will be, uh, I would guess, five to six point favorites in, in Indianapolis with no Carson Wentz. And at Tennessee in week three is a huge one for the division at Miami in week four and at Baltimore in week five. I would expect we talked about this before in sort of referencing how we thought the Colts could do the season breach. But oh, and five feels like a very distinct slash likely possibility. One and four, two and three, two and three would be a win if you get to two and three with no Carson Wentz through five weeks of the season with that schedule. And let's not sleep on the fact that Deshaun Watson could be back. He'll probably not going to be playing for the Texans, but you know, I mean, he, you know, it's always possible, I guess uh, you, you would think that that week six win or that week six game at home against Houston is a, is a free space. But if you don't have Carson Wentz, I, I think that changes everything. I, I, you know, Sims can be confident on, on the Colts defense in the runs game. Uh, you know, Frank Wright can be confident with Jacob Eason all they want, but you, you know, if you don't have a starting quarterback, it's a bit of a problem. Yeah. And you look at, uh, you know, look at that week one game against the Seahawks. The, the Colts opened up as a two and a half point favorite. That's kind of where it had been for the last uh, few months. And now the Swentz news comes out on Monday. And now the Seahawks are two and a half point favorites. That swung by five points. And that's just one game. And so, like you said, I, I do feel like without Wentz, if Jacob Eason is your quarterback, it does feel like two and three is probably your best case scenario in his first five games. And, that's and like two and three is an epic victory for them. If they get against that schedule. Well, I think Frank Reich has to be thinking the same way. And if you're thinking, God, two and three is our best case scenario with Jacob Eason, we have to bring someone else in. So I, I think their only option here, if they know that Carson Wentz is going to be missing at least five games is to trade for someone. I yeah. think you have to. Well, there's a lot of names that have been floated out there. And uh, let's discuss some of them. So you have, I guess, the most obvious one is, well, so there's, there's three obvious names. The most obvious one is just sort of messed up, but but hilarious. In Chicago, Nick Foles. <laughs> Carson Wentz is hurt. Bring in Nick Foles. That's Frank Reich's boy. He won a Super Bowl with him uh, when he was the offensive coordinator of the Eagles. I'm you know, famously replacing uh, Carson Wentz in the starting lineup for the stretch run of the season, and then in the playoffs when he outdueled Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, and of course the the Philly special and all of that. And then the Eagles built a statue for him but not for Carson Wentz. That's right. That Carson Wentz had to walk by every single day uh, when he went into work, knowing that Nick Foles, not Carson Wentz, uh, was the one who uh, secured victory in that Super Bowl. And, and yet Carson Wentz still has to deal with that ring and, and have people like Debo brag about how he's a Super Bowl champion, even though, you know, he didn't play the Super Bowl. Uh, anywho, um, the other one that gets uh, bandied about, Gardner Minshew. The uh, would-be competition for Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. And then uh, one more name that, that I think a lot of people are, have, have thought about or, or, or discussed is Marcus Mariota of the Las Vegas Raiders. Which are one of those, any of those three guys floats your boat, or do you think a deal just too, too unlikely to happen? 
I think you go another route. I think number one, the problem with Nick Foles is that Frank Reich was in Philly. He understands the dynamic. He knows that bringing in Nick Foles could ruin the chemistry. You know, Frank Reich has to know it's not a good idea to have Nick Foles take over for Carson Wentz. Because what if Nick Foles starts off four and two or five and one? You can't bench Nick Foles when Carson Wentz gets back. And then all of a sudden you're in that weird situation that you were in with the Eagles from 2018, you know, where there's not a great dynamic. The quarterback room is a little messed up and Foles and, and Wentz can say they're best friends and they like each other all they want. But Wentz is not going to be happy if the Colts trade for Nick Foles. I just don't think Reich would risk the chemistry. Gardner Minshew, look, no one would love to see Gardner Minshew traded more than me since I'm the guy who predicted he would be traded for a third-round pick. And now I feel like uh, this is the one scenario where that becomes possible because someone's going to have to overpay for him. You as your quarterback, you need someone right now. Uh, you got to overpay. And so uh, that's me saying that he's probably not worth a third-round pick. But in this instance, I think they could get it. Uh, but I have a hard time seeing Jacksonville trading to a division rival. Just, you know, you don't you don't want to make your division rival better. And so I think the most interesting name out there is Mitchell Trubisky. I oh. think I think the Colts need to call the Bills. And, you know, maybe if 49ers are willing to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, because I know Trey Lance has looked really good in training camp the first few days. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan's at the point where he just wants, you know, five days ago last week, Shanahan was saying, Jimmy Garoppolo's our week one starter. It's Trey Lance probably not going to win the job, but he, he'll probably see that some playing time. You know, I don't know if he's done enough to change Shanahan's mind in a week, uh, but Trey Lance has, by all accounts, been looking good. And if Shanahan's ready to cut bait, then boom, trade Jimmy Garoppolo. So I would say Trubisky would be my number one target if I'm the Colts. All right, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna throw out that uh, here's my ice cold take presented by Bud Light. Ooh. The Colts trade for Marcus Mariota. I'm gonna I might bet on them to win the division, and that. Here's the other hot take that Marcus Mariota, who, you know, was great in terms of being mobile. I think he's had time to sort of sit and, and work on some stuff behind Derek Carr, has looked sharp in Raiders practices, has gotten some tutelage from John Gruden, who, you know, for, for all his foibles as a, as a, as a GM is, is certainly, um, you know, a, a guy who offensively can coach up a quarterback or two. I think that we see, you know, if Mariota was traded, you, you know, utilizing play, utilizing play action, utilizing some RPO stuff, utilizing the run game, leaning on that heavily. I think Marcus Mariota could come in and win the division for the Colts, at least get them to the playoffs. And here's the real ice cold take presented by Bud Light. He will be an upgrade over Carson Wentz, a healthy Carson Wentz. And he will play so well that when Carson Wentz returns from foot surgery, he doesn't get his job back. He gets foals by Wentz gets foals by Mariota. If they trade for Marcus Mariota, that is my ice cold take presented by Bud Light, which frankly may be why they don't trade for, for Marcus Mariota. You know, you can't, I mean, you want to win, but if you trade for a guy, you know, you've already given up a bunch of capital in this trade for Carson Wentz, you know, I don't know that they're going to, that's the thing where like Jimmy G might be too expensive uh, for, you know, for a, for a possible uh, trade here. I think you know, you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't know that you can give, give up whatever Jimmy G is going to cost to get it back. And, and by the way, the other thing too, remember the Eagles were going to get back a, uh, a first round, first round pick. If what happened? Carson. Uh, Carson had to play a certain percentage of the snaps. 75% of the snaps. Guess what? Carson Ooh, 
if, if Wentz is out the first five weeks of the season, I think that's off the table, right? What if, the, what if this is just all Frank Reich's diabolical plan to make sure the Eagles don't get a first-round pick? Uh, but I think you're right about giving up too much. Because here's the problem. If you're the Colts, are you trading for somebody who could be your starter the whole season? Or are you trading with the, uh, knowing that this guy's only going to start six games? Because you're not giving up a second or first-round pick to get a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Mitchell Trubisky if he's – if you know for a fact he's only going to be started for a few games and you plan to hand the reins back over to Carson Wentz, uh, but if you say, you know what, we're gonna, whoever we trade for, if they win games to start the season, he's our he's just our starting quarterback. Um, man, so that makes it dicey. I like the Mariota because I think with him, it's more harmless. It's I don't think Carson Wentz is going to be intimidated that Mario is going to take his job. But if Mario goes in there and wins, you know, starts five and one, then you can't say anything if you're Wentz. You have to think, you know what? I'll just let my foot heal and we'll ride the Mariota train until it crashes. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Foles, Minshew or Mariota, I think you could get away with, hey, guys, you did great work. Thanks for thanks for coming along. Unfortunately, Carson is our starter. And they'd be like, well, okay. <laughs> you know, like I, I could see that happening. I feel like Foles... If you bring Foles in, I mean, I don't want to. I, like, I don't like questioning Carson Wentz's psycho, psychological abilities, but you know, I mean, if you bring in Foles, does it shatter his confidence again? Yes, you can't do it, right? No, you can't. I think Mitchell Trubisky is a really good example. I think Trubisky or Mariota make the most sense. Minshew, you know, you're giving a, a potential draft pick to a division rival, and this, that division rival, who you know. For as bad as the Jaguars have been, they made the playoffs once since 2008, that 2017 season where they went to the AFC Championship game, lost to the Patriots. Everyone remembers it. Um, if they trade, like, you have to think that you have a chance in this division for the Jaguars and you got Trevor Lawrence, even if your team's bad. And so I don't think Urban, I can't see Urban Meyer saying, oh, you know what we need to do is try and help the Colts out for the first five to six weeks of the season. When, when instead you can say, no, 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 Jacob, he's, you know, go, go find somebody else. We're not, right. you mentioned, I, I don't see that happening. Yeah. I, I, again. Yeah. It's hard to see him making uh interdivision trade. It just, you don't want to help out a rival, especially when they're limping and when they need help, you don't, you know, if they're in the pool. They need a life rat or a life vest. You don't throw to them. They're your division rival. You say, fix it yourself, man. I've been in that pool in that situation for so long. Uh, yeah, so I agree with you. I, I have a hard time seeing unless unless the Colts wow them. I have a hard time seeing Urban Meyer pull the trigger on the trade. Yeah, I, I think that would be surprising if they did that as well. You know, who we could ask about that Pete Prisco. He's uh he's been uh he's been in Jaguars camp. Let's see. I'll say Pete would the would the Jags trade Minshew in the division. Let's find out. I'll get Pete's answer in like thirty seconds because Pete is the type of person who doesn't mute. Uh, group text threads, even though th there's like 75 million text threads, there's text sent to that thread uh, uh, per day. He will not show up on a podcast, but he will gladly contribute to a podcast by answering any question Brinson asks via text message. You could do the podcast via text with Pete. He should think about he's, that. He was sending us some Tebow gossip. Uh, doesn't think Tebow's going to make the roster, but he also had something else. But I can't, I can't repeat the story because I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know if it's kosher. And uh, he also mentioned that Meyer does a bunch, some real college crap. So that should be interesting. Speaking of college, you know what I loved in college? Summertime. No school, classes, to hang out, 
weekend, you know, week long weekends at the beach. Oh, summer is here, and that means only one thing: it's time to stock the coolers and start counting down the days that we enjoy a new, uh, an ice cold Bud Light in an NFL stadium once again. By our count, only thirty six days remain until we can hear a beer vendor hollering about Bud Light, ice cold Bud Light, and help you take summer by the coolers and get ready to tailgate. Bud Light's giveaway coolers every day, all summer long. That's right, free coolers. All summer long, throw away that dusty old ice box you have in the back of your garage and tailgate in style this fall. All you have to do for a chance to win a sick, bear-proof, ice, keep it ice cold for nine days, Bud giant Bud Light cooler is sign up and enter on BudLightLegends.com. That's right, BudLightLegends.com. Go there for a chance to win a free cooler. Breach and I each have one. Uh, Wilson usually has his on display behind him. I guess I can put mine up. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually quite... It's not light, you know. It's a it's a big cooler, but it keeps everything cold. And again, it is bear proof. It says on there bear proof, which is kind of amazing. Um, it, it, like it's such a heavy duty duty cooler that I was thinking about just like putting my money in it, like using it as a safe. That is how heavy do and it's bear proof. The bears aren't going to steal my money. You want you do want to keep bears away from your money. I actually uh, I it's you know it's not the type of cooler you can take on a on a on a golf course, right? You can't like put it in the back of a golf cart. Uh, which is which is actually frowned upon at most golf courses anyway. Which is how uh, so yesterday or no, excuse me on Sunday, I went out. Um, the rare I've, I had my wife drop me off at the at a golf course on the way back home from my parents' house, which was probably a little aggressive from a uh, keeping your spouse happy and keeping your marriage intact perspective. Uh, but I met three buddies out there. And we're like, man, Sunday at two o'clock, we're playing golf in the summer. We're cheating life, stealing stealing from life like there's only one way to make this better a couple of cold beers we go inside they're like what do you want i see a tall slender green can you know what time it is breach bud light lime time oh we loaded up the coolers with a bunch of bud light limes several bud light limes and uh, me and my three buddies enjoyed the delicious taste of bud light lime on the course because you know I me mean? like bud light great on the course but when it's, I mean, when it's like 90, you know, it's, it's like 95 humid, you know, there's, there's a storm that was like brewing. So the air was really thick, sweating profusely. You need something that kind of, not, not just like, isn't is delicious, but also refreshing. And that was what Bud Light Lime did for me on the course on Sunday. In fact, we were down $7, seven skins. I just played a dollar a skin. And uh, we were getting our, me and TJ, we're getting our butt kicked, butts kicked all day by Josh and Garrett. We just had to press on 18. You know what press is? I do not. Like double or nothing? Basically double or nothing. We're like, all right, seven bucks this hole. I smoke a drive. And I I hit my driver pretty good. TJ drives it past me. But then Josh hits a little bit long in the back of the green. Garrett loses his ball. And I stuff a wedge within five feet. Make birdie. We actually win it. We had come out. We won a dollar. It's probably all thanks to the Bud Light line. What do you think? I believe it. I just can't. Or you were sandbagging your friends. You pretend like you're horrible for 17 holes. And then the 18th hole, you're like, yeah, you want to go double or nothing or something? And then all of a sudden, Super Brinson with his Bud Light line comes out and uh, birdies the hole. That's that's, right. that's a pretty that's good story, right. Brinson. I pulled, the, I pulled the final Bud Light line out of the cooler. This is why I don't go golfing with Brinson. Yeah. Although if there's Bud Light line involved and Brinson pays for it, then I might. Oh, true, true. That is that's a that's a very good point. Uh, so yeah, go to BudLightLegends.com and get your uh, get your cooler. You can't put it in a golf cart, but it is bear proof and it does keep ice cold, ice and beer cold for nine days. 
it's absolutely perfect for tailgating because you don't, you know, especially so like in NC State games, you're allowed to leave, you get pass backs. You're allowed to leave at halftime. You get a little pass back so you can come back in after the halftime break. What's better than a cooler that keeps ice cold? Like you need, like I need, I need the, yeah, I can't have a bunch of melted ice and warm Bud Lights when I get back out to my, my, my car at halftime to have to enjoy a ice cold beverage. And, and as someone who lives in Nashville, you know, my only college option is for football is to go watch Vanderbilt and you know, like it's Vanderbilt. So literally the only excitement you have is the beer you're drinking. Mm, there you go. All right. BudLightLegends.com. Check it out and win yourself a cooler. Uh, do we need to cover anything else from Carson Wentz? Here we got everything. Yeah, I think trade partners, the Eagles are I can't we the Eagles had to know they weren't getting a first round pick, right? They were when they made the trade, they were like, he's gonna get injured, something's gonna happen. We're not getting a first round pick. That's entirely possible. The uh quarterback situation, not great in Minnesota either. Jake Browning was the only quarterback available on Saturday when they practice in the evening because nice. Kellen Mond, Kirk Cousins, and Nate Stanley were all on the COVID-19 list. I believe Mond tested positive, and Cousins, who uh, once, I believe, said, if I die, I die, when asked about getting COVID, um, <laughs> famously said that, he was uh, he, he's considered a close contact. I'm going to assume if you have that, the if I die, I die philosophy, that you are not uh, – you're rushing out to get vaccinated, but just a guess there. Yeah, this is a fascinating situation because this is look, Mike Zimmer has been no one is more up. There is no NFL head coach more upset than Mike Zimmer with this whole entire situation. Uh, he said, quote, I am disappointed that this happened. I'm frustrated, not just with my foot play, football players who didn't get vaccinated, but I'm frustrated with everybody who hasn't been vaccinated. We'll just do the best we can. It's just a point. That's what he said over the weekend. Uh, and then. On Monday, he said, quote, we could put this thing to bed if we'd all do this, but it is what it is. And he's making these faces like it, it is. Well, I don't know why these people aren't getting vaccines. And so, again, this is not about uh, making the vaccine political. When we're talking about it with the NFL, it is saying that if your players aren't vaccinated, you are at, you're at a competitive disadvantage. And, and again, this situation is proof of it. You know, Kirk Cousins, it's fine if you have, if I die, I die is your philosophy. There's no problem with that. But on the football field, if he had been vaccinated, he doesn't have to sit out at all because he was a close contact. Those are the NFL rules this year. And part of Zimmer's frustration was if this had happened the Friday before a, a game during the regular season, Kirk Cousins is out that game. The Vikings are using Jake Browning as their only quarterback, a, a practice squad or undrafted free agent. And they're probably going to lose the game because your your quarterbacks chose not to get, get vaccinated, which obviously that's their right to do. And that's fine. But because the NFL has kind of set the rules that if you are not vaccinated, you're at a competitive disadvantage. That's just what it comes down to. And, and that's why Zimmer's upset. And that is it, it is what it is. Like Zimmer said, you, you can't there's no way around it. And if, if Kirk Cousins is involved in a situation like this or any unvaccinated NFL quarterback is involved, if they're a close contact at any point this season, they're automatically out for five days. And so. It, it you know you can say the rule's unfair, but that's what the rule is, and so I, that's going to make some things interesting this year. So, Cousins, I, I don't I don't want to get in the game of speculating on whether or not somebody is vaccinated if if we can help it. But as we point out, he said, "If I die, I die." Um, he's he's not fully vaccinated. It's known because he has to. He's 
out for five days. So either either he's not vaccinated or he's gotten a shot, but he hasn't. He's not all the way through the process. Yes. If he is getting vaccinated, he has not gotten his second shot. Correct. But his philosophy and his approach would lead you to believe that he's probably not vaccinated. I think this is interesting because, as you point out, Mike Zimmer has said these things. You know, he said it's why people should get vaccinated. Something like this happens a day before the game that has a chance to get you in the playoffs or something like that. This Delta variant is rough. You can see the cases going up every single day now. That's why, for the sake of everybody's health, I think it's important. But some people don't understand, I guess. Um, and Zimmer was talked about Jake Browning. Jake's really smart. He's vaccinated. That helps to be the backup. Mm. How about this? I am disappointed this happened. I'm frustrated, not just with my football players who didn't get vaccinated, but I'm frustrated with everybody who didn't. I guess you read, you actually read that one. But the the point, disappointed, the really smart. What's the opposite of uh, really smart? Really dumb. Mike Zimmer wasn't a huge Kirk Cousins fan when they signed him. I don't think he's ever really been a huge Kirk Cousins fan. I think he dislikes the fact that there's all this money tied up into his quarterback who is you know, fine, but not like an elite option. I think he's far more concerned with Dalvin Cook. I think he's far more concerned with his defense. And the fact that Kirk Cousins would not be vaccinated and could potentially cause you know the Vikings to miss the playoffs as a result of missing games, it, it, not because he got COVID, but because he just – because of the way the NFL protocols work, he was in close contact with somebody. I sort of wonder if this isn't a, a kind of a point of contention between Zimmer and his quarterback, and if it might be something that could so, sort of, you know, stew over the next few weeks and into the regular season, depending on whether or not Kirk Cousins ends up getting vaccinated. Oh, well, I would again, and I think last week we brought up Ryan Tannehill, Titans quarterback. He said, I didn't want to get vaccinated, I wasn't planning to get vaccinated. But these NFL rules are so ridiculously – the competitive disadvantage is too great, so I had to get vaccinated because these NFL rules are too crazy. And so that's him saying, look, I don't want to, but I also am not going to hurt my team. I'm not going to let these guys down, and uh, you know, I'm not going to miss games, so I'm going to go out and do it. And I think that's the kind of attitude Mike Zimmer wants to see. Look, I understand if you don't want to do it, but look, you've got to help the team because – you can't magically miss a game in the middle of the season because you had a close contact with someone at the grocery store, you know, and that's kind of the situation that a team can be in if their quarterback is not vaccinated. So uh, it's dicey. And I think you're right. I think Zimmer, I could see a situation where Zimmer and Kirk Cousins sit down and Zimmer says, look, you know, look what just happened to us. What if that happens in the regular season? You know, Cousins is going to plead his case, say why doesn't think he needs it. And, and Zimmer will say, well, you know, this is why you do. You could miss games. And that is where things could get ugly. I mean, again, it's it's really not a political discussion or a vaccine. It's not even really a vaccination discussion. It's a competitive disadvantage discussion as it relates to NFL court. To, to, like, if you lose Kirk Cousins for two games... I mean that if you if you told me right now you're getting 15 games max and and it, look it doesn't it's not just one time it, because of the way it works like he, you know you say he go to the grocery store week two get a close contact and miss two, you know miss five ten days you know he could go to the week fifteen I mean it can happen repeatedly yeah and, and that again that's why Mike Zimmer's so upset here and I think you can almost tell like John Harbaugh I wonder how he feels because Lamar Jackson also out and he's out an amount of time that indicates that he is either not fully vaccinated or not vaccinated at all. And so, you know, that you're, you're an NFL coach. You're, you have so many things to plan for a million things to plan for. And now you have to worry about that. Your starting quarterback might not be available 
in any given week. And so that just adds, you know, a bitter, bigger head, headache to your plate. So, uh, yeah, I think Mike Zimmer is probably just going to sit down and say, look, man, we, we need you every game and this is how you can do it. Yep. Uh, this will not be the last that we hear about this. I am sure it is probably going to affect multiple NFL teams as we get closer to the season. Nick Chubb signed a three-year extension with the Browns. Got $36.6 million, uh over those three years with $20 million guaranteed. I think Nick Chubb is criminally underrated. I think there's a decent chance you could suggest that Nick Chubb is the best running back in all of professional football. I understand that people would push back against that. When you watch him run, though, to me, he looks like a guy that, that is worthy of that title. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook, when healthy, could be up there. Christian McCaffrey, of course, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara. Lots of guys that could challenge him for the title. I just think Nick Chubb, especially as a pure runner, is just one of the best – is maybe the best running back in football. And, I, you know, look, good for him. He got his money. I Good for the Browns. They paid a guy who's a critical component to their offense. I think this is kind of a win-win because you get the deal done now and you know, no holdout. You're not trying to force some massive extension through. Uh, agree or disagree, Breach? I disagree. and I, or, I mean, I agree. I agree. Oh, oh, and, oh. and I think uh, yeah, you, Breach. I think the Browns need to send a, a thank you note to the Titans because they kind of created the ceiling for what running backs are going to be paid now. You know, we, obviously we saw Christian McCaffrey get that huge deal, I think was $16 million per year. Zeke, Got that huge deal that I think the Cowboys have been regretting since the day they gave it to him. Alvin Kamara got a big one. But when you look at the, you know, ever since the whole you can't pay running backs philosophy has come out, um, Derrick Henry is the poster child because he 2,000 yard rusher last year and he's been putting up huge numbers his whole career. And then they, the Titans signed him to a, a deal that was worth $12.5 million a year. So anytime you're negotiating with a running back now, you say, look, Derrick Henry's making $12.5 million per year you want more than that that's ridiculous because yeah. he's he's been the best in the nfl and so you know how can you ask for more than that with a straight face it's like do you think you're better than derrick henry I, yeah exactly you give us a 2000 yard season then we'll then we'll talk about paying you more than derrick henry and so i, I agree with you chubb might might be better than derrick henry uh it, it, it's close but the the bottom line is that you know it would have been hard for chubb's camp to ask for more than what derrick henry's being paid and so i think this was the best for both sides he got close to derrick henry money i think it was 12.2 million per year uh in, in new money and, and derrick henry's average contract is now 12.5 so it's really close and you know you're running back you don't know how much money you're gonna get paid so you got to get paid when you can you get your 20 million dollars guaranteed here up front um so i actually like this deal for both sides all right uh one more piece of news and we'll get out of here uh, be, you know, you can always tell when Debo's massaging the rundown to try and prevent us from talking about, uh, you know, talking bad about the Eagles. But uh, Devontae Smith, Eagles first round pick is going to miss two to three weeks of training camp with a sprain MCL. I think I saw Ian Rappaport uh, send this out uh, rap sheet uh, from NFL media and was like, no, and it included no cause for concern in the tweet. Excuse me. If your first-round pick has an MCL sprain, Debo, would you say there's no cause for concern here, or would you say there is some cause for concern? I would say some, especially when you weigh 158 pounds. Yeah. yeah. This is clearly coming from a, a team. Somebody on the team is like, look, you can have this, but you need to report we're not worried about it. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's crazy. This is like driving on the interstate, and you have a flat tire, and – no, I have three other tires. The car is still moving. No cause for concern. We're good. Like there's a huge, 
a rookie who's who's got a new quarterback in Jalen Hurts. So what do you need? You want these two guys to build up some chemistry, and that's what they're going to do in training camp. Now he's going to be out two to three weeks. So now you're looking at uh, the, the August 24th, August 25th, when he's maybe back on the field. You don't even know with an MCL sprain. And so at that point, you have barely two weeks before the season, but the, the, the hard part of training camp's over where you're out there just uh, practicing all the time by the, by the time you get to like August 25th, when he'll be back, you're almost thinking that uh, you know, you're game planning for that week one game. And so I'd be a little bit concerned if I'm the Eagles. I would be extremely concerned if I'm the Eagles. I, I, I tweeted that out. People are like, I mean, <laughs> you've got, look, I know that none of the, I, I mentioned, so here's the thing. The Eagles, as we pointed out many times on this podcast, drafted J.J. Ortega-Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf. They drafted Jalen Rager over um, uh, uh, Justin Jefferson. When, you know, both of those picks were sort of the consensus, hey, there's a the top guy available, and they went in a different direction. And I realized that Devontae Smith doesn't have anything to do with that. But they traded up to snipe the Giants and get Devontae Smith. They need Devontae Smith to be good this year. He needs to be an impact first round receiver for the fan base to quit thinking about the other guys. And if he sprains his MCL, A, you're talking about a speedster. So it's not like he, you know, it's not like he's going to lumber around and, and just move the chains with a bum knee. And then B, he's a rookie wide receiver in training camp. These are valuable reps. And he was, by all accounts, dominating until this injury. I, to me, there's massive cause for concern here, but I, I okay. And you know, Buccaneers fans are like, uh, hey, bro, you know our 43-year-old quarterback played an entire season with a torn MCL. Yeah. You can't even practice with a straight MCL. Get out of here. Watch this. All right. That's, uh, that's it. That's all the news. Debo, some concern, apparently, uh, over his rookie first-round pick having a, a sprained MCL. Sprained is just a nice way of saying torn, by the way. For Brent, for Breach, I'm Brinson. Dr. Brinson. <laughs> that's Dr. Brinson for you. That's Dr. Brinson to you. All right. We will uh, talk to you guys tomorrow. See you.